You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women. Not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, including yours. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Today, we have the story of police officer Charles Scott, brought to us by 911 at Ease International. 911 at Ease International provides first responders and their families access to free and confidential trauma-informed counseling. Officer Charles Scott grew up in the Central Valley of California, and from a young age, he knew he wanted to be in law enforcement. Here's Charles with his story. 
So that's always a question they start with in the academy is why do you want to do this? And I was always one that didn't have an answer because it was just always something I've wanted to do. Uh, my mom has a essay I wrote in first or second grade, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was always a police officer. So, I mean, at this point where you get to drive fast, carry a gun, and they pay you to fight with people, sign me up. So that's why I did it. It, was, it, it seemed like it was better than working in a bank or a corporate office. And uh, yeah, it's been an amazing ride for sure. I didn't have any, any experience with fire or police. Uh, looking back, I, I sure wish I had because there's so many opportunities in law enforcement. All I thought, all I knew was what you saw on cops. So that's what I wanted to do. But no, my dad grew up, we grew up, he was construction, superintendent for construction company. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom with us boys. Uh, so yeah, it was more of a, just a, a working family, no law enforcement experience at all. Yeah, I don't really know where it comes from. You know, I'm a firm believer that you can't create leaders. Uh, leaders are born with a calling. And sure, you can do training and you can enhance your leadership skills. But I think, you know, true leaders are, are someone that, that God calls into leadership. And even at a young age, I would always find myself being the class president, um, being the captain of the sports teams. It's hard to look back when someone says, wow, you've done all these amazing things. And you look back and you're like, I'm just living my life. You know, you don't, under, you don't appreciate it as anything, but that's just what I do. Charles married his high school sweetheart, and they have now been married 25 years. And although he was offered an athletic scholarship to college, he decided to get into law enforcement as soon as he could. Seeing what's on TV with just the cops, you, you put in the application and I went through the academy. I think my, my first oral interview that I had, I wore jeans and a, and a collared shirt and thought that that was good. Uh, so there's a lot of learning curve as far as that whole process. Uh, you really start being uh, evaluated from the time you submit an application. So it's, you know, the interviews, the background checks, the um, personal history statement, then you have the chief's interview. So it's just, it's a lot. And, and being from a small country town in the, in the mountains, it definitely was a learning experience for uh, someone trying to figure this out. I was only 21 when I started this, so didn't have a whole lot of life experience, but uh, I figured, oh, we'll figure it out on the way. After the hiring process, Charles started his career in the Central Valley, where he got in his first officer-involved shooting. Yeah, so I was at uh, Chowchilla Police Department, which is in Madera County, the Central Valley. And we got a 911 transfer from CHP saying that there was someone outside uh, that wanted to kill themselves. So they sent myself and another partner out to it. Uh, it was really close. We actually walked from the police department to where she was supposed to be located. Uh, we turn a corner and she's laying on her back kind of, I call it in the birthing position with her knees up and she's pointing a gun at us between her legs, kind of down towards us. My partner and I start to separate. I start moving away from him because I want to create distance between the two of us to make her decide what she wants to do. As I started moving away from my partner, um, I saw her kind of tracking me with the gun and that's when I uh, started firing. I fired four shots, my partner fired two shots. I actually 
shot the gun, which we found out afterwards. I, I actually shot the gun out of her hand. I shot her in the pocket, but she still wasn't responding like you think they sh should when they were getting shot. So I thought I was missing. And that was the only time I really told myself, you know, slow down, take a deep breath, find your sights because you're missing. And then I shot her and I saw kind of a red spot on her clothes and then it kind of started to grow and I knew that I had shot her because that, that was the blood coming out. She called 911 herself and it was uh, at that time 911's always went to CHP and then CHP would transfer them to our department. We didn't know this until after they reviewed and even the dispatcher missed it. She actually said um, I'm gonna kill myself and I'm gonna take as many cops with me as I can. Uh, we didn't know that until later when they reviewed the the audio and our dispatcher even missed it um, so yeah she called for herself it was a suicide by cop is what she was trying to do the whole incident was really surreal i mean you uh, we had uh, smith and wesson guns we actually had to decock them once they were were cocked you had to manually do it um, i don't remember doing that i don't remember putting my gun back in my holster so there's some things that you just respond so quickly to your training you don't even realize you do it i remember thinking to myself as i'm watching her track me with her gun telling myself you better do it before she does and that's what really you know, prompted me and motivated me to, to fire that first round. It was empowering once I started firing because then I felt like I was back in control. I was dictating the situation. I was no longer um, responding to a threat. I was now trying to eliminate the threat and everything kind of slowed down. And you're listening to police officer Charles Scott tell his story. He knew in the first or second grade he wanted to be a cop. We also learned about his first encounter with someone who was armed and who was intent on killing cops. Suicide by cop, it's known, by the way, in the business. And this was exactly what he was faced with as a young cop. And when we come back, police officer Charles Scott's story continues here on Our American Stories. Here at Our American Stories, we bring you inspiring stories of history, sports, business, faith, and love. Stories from a great and beautiful country that need to be told. But we can't do it without you. Our stories are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. If you love our stories in America like we do, please go to OurAmericanStories.com and click the donate button. Give a little. Give a lot. Help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. we continue with our American stories and we've been listening to Officer Charles Scott share stories from his time in law enforcement. We left off after Charles had gotten in his first officer-involved shooting where the woman was attempting suicide by cop. Let's return to Charles. Uh, she survived. Thankfully, I actually got to talk to her about two months later. She she was doing really well. She actually thanked us, oddly as that sounds. But I went through 
some counseling with the department um, really didn't affect me. My wife, when I came home after the investigation, the initial investigation, she asked, you know, how, how are you? You just shot someone. I said, well, I've shot a thousand people in my mind trying to prepare myself for it. So there really wasn't a whole lot of emotion attached to it. And really at first, that's what kind of freaked me out was that I wasn't freaked out about it. Uh, but talking to the doctor, kind of laid it out a little bit uh, for me, went back to work. I actually, I got to, to witness with her. I actually prayed with her on the street. And I think that played a lot in my recovery and how I was able to, to go back uh, so quickly. I really didn't have any lasting effects because I think I kind of got to close that chapter with her. Uh, she didn't die and she'd said, you know, I haven't had a drink of alcohol since that day. And she, did, she said, I don't intend to, to ever again. So she was fortunate that I wasn't a better shot, I guess. <laughs> but it all worked out. And I think that played a, a big part in my healing was knowing that she didn't die and there was a purpose for it maybe. So there wasn't really any re residual effect because of that shooting. And after that shooting is when my wife and I decided that if we were gonna be doing this kind of line of work, we should be doing it in an area that we're raising our boys in a good environment where we enjoy it. Who doesn't enjoy the, the Central Coast? So that's what kind of generated our desire to kind of find an agency back over here and landed at Lompoc Police Department. I had three boys at the time. Noah was about 12 when we moved over here, maybe a little younger. And then Jordan's our middle son, so he'd be about 10, maybe 11. And then our baby in the family was probably seven or eight, Zachary at the time. So we come over and, and you know, we're living at the coast, we're homeschooling our boys. So we're going to the, to the ocean and the beach on Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, really living our best life. I was succeeding, doing really well at the department. Uh, I was a lateral, so I had a lot more experience than some of the newer guys. Uh, so that immediately gave me some credibility at the department. I had been in a shooting. No one at the department had been in a shooting. So again, that, that lends to some, some credibility to my abilities. So yeah, I was, we were doing really well. Uh, we started fostering, started uh, trying to help kids in the, the foster care community, ended up adopting. Now we've ended up adopting three little ones through the foster care. Yeah, we were living as perfect of a life as I ever wanted or ever hoped for. Charles and his family were enjoying their life on the coast until their whole world got turned upside down when they got terrible news about one of their children. Noah was 15, 14 at the time. He started losing some weight. He started getting really pale and we could start seeing some physical changes in him. He had recently bought himself Fitbit watch and he started trying to, to walk a little bit more, run a little bit more. So we thought maybe he was just losing some of the baby fat because he was starting to work out a little bit more. Uh, one day he walks down the stairs into the living room and my middle son Jordan says, Noah, you look like a ghost. Even your, your lips are white. So my wife took him to his pediatrician and after some tests, probably about two months, in July of 2016, uh, we were told that Noah had ALL leukemia. That's acute lymphoblastic leukemia, a type of cancer of the blood and bone marrow that affects white blood cells and is the most common childhood cancer. 
it was difficult to hear obviously when you you spend your life protecting people and fixing problems to hear that your son has cancer and that there's nothing that you can do to fix it was difficult it, it obviously we have such a close family with my side of the family as well as my wife Kristen's side of the family we're so close with all my siblings and our parents that it really affected the entire family uh, knowing that Noah was having to go through this. And, and really that July of 2016 is when uh, we started this 16 month in my life that I wouldn't wish on, on anyone. I wouldn't wish on my, my worst enemy. I went from having the picture perfect life, picture perfect kids, uh, successful in my job, to literally in my life like a snow globe being turned completely upside down. Uh, in the matter of 18 months, a matter of actually 16 months. We went from my son being diagnosed with leukemia. Four months after that diagnosis, I'm in my first officer-involved shooting at Lompoc Police Department where a guy charges at me with a knife and I have to shoot and kill him. That's in November of 2016. Uh, June 30th of 2017, my son Noah passes away from leukemia. I go back to work soon after his funeral and 363 days from my first uh, officer-involved shooting, I'm involved in a second officer-involved shooting uh, where we had to shoot and kill uh, a subject who had just killed uh, his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. So in literally 16 months, I went from the perfect life to my son being diagnosed being in an officer-involved shooting, my son dying, and then being in another officer-involved shooting. It was a time filled with unmeasurable stress. When anyone goes through difficult times, they need support. And thankfully, Charles' community rallied around his family in amazing ways. I can't speak highly, more highly enough about the Central Coast and specifically Lompoc. When my son got diagnosed, um, at one time my chief put um, a ribbon on every one of our law enforcement vehicles for the department uh, in support of NOAA. Um, they would do fundraisers. They did a fundraiser at a pizza factory in town and there was a five hour wait for pizzas because the community turned out so strong in support of Noah. They literally um, painted and put ribbons and balloons down the entire main street in Lompoc for orange and black, which are the, the leukemia colors for the kind of cancer he had. Uh, the support was tremendous um, when, when Noah was diagnosed. And then obviously because we were so out there in the community, when I was involved in the shooting, my name got released and the community was amazing in supporting my family during that. Uh, losing Noah, the, the community was as devastated as we were. I'll never forget, two days after he passed, I had to take our younger kids to the mall in Santa Maria to get some clothes for the funeral. And as I'm riding the escalator going down, this woman looks at me and she immediately starts crying. And I've never seen this woman in, her, in, her, in my life. And she, when I get down to the bottom of the escalator, she hugs me and says, I'm so sorry, I was really praying for Noah. And to this day, I have no idea who she was, but she recognized me and came up and, and she was 
heartbroken over the loss of Noah. So the community was just amazing in supporting uh, Noah and my family uh, during the, this difficult time. Losing a child is, it's indescribable. They don't even have a word for it. And I know why, because every part of you hurts. And to have to deal with not only that, but going through two officer-involved shootings within a year, um, it was a very difficult time for my family and I. And you're listening to police officer Charles Scott's story and what a 16-month time period that was for him, his family, and as you could hear, the community itself, which rallied to his support and help, not just for his family, but his extended family. But still, how did he cope? How did he get on day to day? How did he continue to do his job? The answers to these questions and more. The story of Charles Scott continues here on Our American Stories. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long. 
which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And we return to Our American Stories and to the story of Charles Scott. He's a police officer in Lompoc, California, and that's coastal California, north of Los Angeles. We left off after Charles had had the most difficult year of his life. Within 16 months, his son got sick and passed away, and he'd experienced two officer-involved shootings. Let's return to Charles Scott. So looking back at at that 16 months, after the first shooting, I went to speak with our doctor that was basically contracted with our agency. I really, I I felt okay about that. I I didn't have a whole lot of baggage because of that. I mean, it was difficult. I took someone's life, so it was difficult. But slowly, it just started kind of adding up and piling up. You know, my son was diagnosed. We were dealing with my son's treatment. Then I had my first shooting. And then my son passed away. And nobody really knows what to tell, say to you. You know, if you haven't had a child die, you can say what, what you can, but nobody really knows what, what you're going through. So then the second shooting, and, and I'll never forget, and this kind of will illustrate just how dark of a place I was in when the second shooting, when he started shooting at my sergeant, I remember getting out of my car and thinking to myself, Today I'm going to see Noah, and that was my son's name that passed away. And there was no fear, there was no sadness. I didn't even think about my wife or my other kids. It was just I missed Noah so much that that's what I was excited about. And after it was all said and done and I wasn't hurt or wasn't killed, I remember being so angry at that guy, not for me having to kill him, but because he couldn't kill me. Because uh, that's how, how dark it was for me, as I just missed my son so much that I was mad. And that's when I really identified that I was in a dark spot. I have a loving wife. I have, at that time, I had four other kids that needed me as a dad, but I w- it was so dark that all I cared about was seeing my son again. After that shooting, Uh, They sent me, they recommended that I speak to the doctor again. He wasn't real responsive. He was from L.A., and it was always 
changing his schedule and it just didn't work really well. The last session I had with him, we had to do it over phone. And that's when he tells me, well, I think you need to really think about what you're passionate about because I don't ever see you going back into law enforcement, which was like a dagger in my heart because that's all I really knew. That's all I was really good at. And now this doctor is telling me in the darkest time of my life that he's going to take something else away from me. I went and I spoke to my chief in desperation and said, this is not working. He wants to retire me. And, you know, at that time I was, wasn't even 40 years old yet. And I said, I don't know anything else. My chief and my captain, who has now been promoted to my current chief, they were good enough to say, you know, if you know somebody or if you know a program that you need to reach out to, do it and we'll make sure that it gets covered, paid for, whatever it may be. And that's when Mike McGrew, co-founder, CEO, and executive director of 911 Addies International, came into the picture. Mike McGrew had reached out to me. I don't know how he knew our story. Mike retired from Santa Barbara PD as a sergeant and Santa Barbara PD was amazing when my son was sick in Santa Barbara. They would, they would bring us food, um, they would have us call them if we needed anything and they would come and bring stuff over while they were on duty. So they just really took care of my son and my family and my wife. My wife would spend sometimes 60 days straight at the hospital with Noah and Santa Barbara PD made it a point to come by and check on us. So I'm assuming that that's how Mike found out about um, me and our story. Uh, I was in such a dark place, I didn't even really register how I first made contact with Mike or the Ad Ease program, but Mike had suggested uh, the Ad Ease program and told me a little bit about it. And I reached out to them, went and spoke to Dr. Barb. Uh, Barbara, she was great. I spent probably two, maybe three months going down there and seeing her at least once a week. She was amazing. Mike would come in and we would cry together. We would pray together. He was just a huge uh, support. And the At Ease program was just, it was so easy. It was easy to use. It was easy to access. It was definitely a life vest or a light turned on in a very dark spot in my life. 911 At Ease International was exactly what Charles needed to return to the career he loved so much. My goal was to get well enough to return to the streets and be a police officer. I didn't know what that looked like. Remember, I was going in, having already been told by a medical professional that I needed to retire. So I wasn't trying to find someone just to say, yeah, go back to work, we'll clear you, because that's not what they do. I had to be safe enough, I had to be secure enough, I had to be established in my heart that I could do the job again. And that's what the IDs program did, is that it allowed me to work through what I was dealing with, to be able to have the confidence to return to the streets. It's been five years or four years since my son passed away. Um, we're coming up on November that it'll be five years, the shooting, the first shooting. And I'm successful in my job. I'm on the sergeant's list. I've returned to work. and. This is something that I was told I would never be able to do again. Uh, we've since uh, adopted another daughter 
and um, my wife and I are, are strong and have a strong foundation. My, I have a great relationship with my kids. I don't have an alcohol abuse problem. I don't even drink. And those are all pitfalls when someone goes through a critical incidents that uh, they do some self-harm stuff. And through the At Ease program, I was given the tools to avo avoid such activity and to not be so self-destructive. He now has the desire to help other young officers deal with their own mental health problems. The culture of law enforcement is changing so much that there's so much stress put on officers. And it, it seems like it's changing every day. I've only been doing it for almost 16 years. And I never thought I would get to the point where I would say, you know, when I was a young officer. But unfortunately, we're there. Um, so these critical incidences are, are going to happen. And I tell the young guys that I have a chance to mentor with, I tell them that if you've created a 30-year career and you've been promoted every time, you've got all the specialties, you've got all the awards, you've got all the accolades that you could ever have as a professional law enforcement. But when you pull into the driveway, your wife or your kids say to themselves, crap, dad's home, then you have failed in this career. Because when it's all over, the only thing that you're gonna have is your family and you owe it to yourself and you owe it to them to take care of your mental health. There is such a stigma about mental health in law enforcement. I cannot say enough good things about the At Ease program. I know without a doubt, if I were to get in another critical incident, that my first outreach would be to someone at the At Ease program. And a great job as always by Faith on the production of the piece. And a special thanks to Officer Charles Scott with opening up, it's hard for cops and first responders to talk about themselves and their problems. They're too busy taking care of others. And that there's a place like 911 Eddie's International there to help all the first responders. And again, the confidentiality is the key. And you can learn more about 911 Eddie's International by going to 911aei.org. I love what he said about them and allowed me to get the confidence to go back to work to go back to the streets, to the job I loved. Charles Scott's story, here on Our American Stories. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. 
That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not with 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And we continue with our American stories. And we've told stories from many of the museums across this great country, from the Salt and Pepper Shaker Museum to the Museum of Bad Art and even the American Banjo Museum. Today, we have Aaron Berger, Executive Director of the Neon Museum in Las Vegas, the capital of Neon, to share the history of Las Vegas and the iconic signage associated with it. So the story is actually pretty interesting. It was officially founded in 1996. I think one of the great things about Las Vegas is this constant evolution. Every time you visit, if you come by once a year, you're going to see a different landscape and a different cityscape. But there were volunteers who were concerned about the signage that, especially since they couldn't preserve some of the buildings that were being raised, they wanted to preserve the signage that was out front. A unique aspect of signage is that 
In many cases, the building itself doesn't own the sign, even if it's attached to the building. It's actually leased by the sign maker. And so the sign maker actually owns that piece of property. And so you can raise a building, but the sign often goes back to the original sign maker and they you know, have what's called a boneyard, which is a place for them to pull parts, pull neon tubing, pull lights, pull mechanics. And so these concerned citizens in 96 um, started meeting with various sign makers and saying, you know, we, we'd like to make sure that these parts of history don't necessarily get used to create new signage, but we actually save the original pieces themselves. It's fascinating to me to be able to tell the story of history using such an unusual medium, right? So we're using, we're using outdoor signage to tell you the story of Las Vegas history. It took until 2012 for us to actually open our facility in our current space, which is on Las Vegas Boulevard. We're a little under three acres of property. We have four physical components to the Neon Museum. The first that, it's hard to say it's my favorite, but I'd say it's probably my favorite, is actually the physical building, the lobby that you enter. It's called La Concha, which means the shell. It was designed by an architect named uh, Paul Revere Williams. Paul Revere Williams was the first black architect to be accepted into the AIA. He designed this piece of architecture. It looks like a, a seashell, but it was designed to try and attract people off the roadway, to be this sort of unusual enough looking building that someone would actually pull off the road and say, I wanna see this. So that's our lobby. Um, we get a chance to tell a little bit about Paul Revere Williams, his contributions. This is mid-century, a time where some people would maybe not feel comfortable sitting next to a black man, even though he's your architect, and even though he's an architect who's building the homes of Lucille Ball and Frank Sinatra. Um, so he really learned how to draw out designs upside down so that people could sit on the other side of the desk from him and still understand his designs. So I think that's a, a unique part of history and an important part of kind of setting the stage of when you come to the Neon Museum. That's the first step. Second step is um, the Neon Boneyard. So the Boneyard, again, refers to the concept of what sign makers have, which is, again, a space that they go into to pull parts and use for the recreation of new signage. Um, we have curated our Boneyard so that it is a very thoughtful and logical tour through everything from small businesses to casinos, the strip, motels, uh, and, and really gives you sort of a, um, a walk through Las Vegas history. One of the things that, that was really striking to me as a visitor is as you tour the Boneyard, you're given an insight into, into the black experience by being shown the Moulin Rouge sign. The Moulin Rouge was a casino that while it lived for a short period of time, was the first integrated hotel in Las Vegas. So if you had someone like Aretha Franklin or Sammy Davis Jr. who would perform on the strip, they would do these great shows. They would, of course, pack the house, but they weren't allowed to stay in those hotels. So the Moulin Rouge became a place for both black and white visitors to stay. It was often a, a 2.30 in the morning show. So after Aretha Franklin had done two shows uh, again on the strip, she would do a third show at the Moulin Rouge for, for the people staying there. So we have that amazing sign. We have the story of women. We have the story of the indigenous people from Las Vegas and the Las Vegas area. We have the story of Latinx community, the LGBT community. All of these stories are conveyed as you walk through and learn a little bit about the signage that you're seeing.
The third is The Brilliant Show. A few years ago, we contracted with an artist whose name is Craig Winslow. We have a gallery that is, there's no electricity going to the signage at all. These signs are largely to a point where they are beyond conservation. There's nothing we can really do to bring them back to life. So Craig has developed through a, a, a process called projection mapping, two large towers that pinpoint light onto these, for lack of a better word, dead signs. And he brings them back to life. And, and when I say pinpoint, it really is looking at each individual light bulb and seeing that light bulb begin to flicker and come back to life. He does it to sort of an iconic Las Vegas soundtrack. So you'll hear everything from Frank Sinatra to Lady Gaga to of course Elvis and bringing it back all of these, these incredible signs in a great 25 minute experience. And then the fourth aspect is what's outside the museum walls. So we have over a dozen pieces of our collection that adorn different parts of downtown Las Vegas. So through South Las Vegas Boulevard, you'll see signage that's out there, the Silver Slipper, you'll see uh, motel signs, you'll see wonderful pieces that are just really fantastic. And they're all part of our collection, but it's in partnership with the city that you can take advantage and, and uh, kind of revel in those pieces as well. So neon signs really, um, I think their heyday was, was in the 50s. We have examples dating back to as early as the 30s in our collection. But you know, the, the, the basis of neon is to use electricity to, to draw someone's attention. I think the reason Las Vegas is such an epicenter for neon is that all of our, whether it's the gaming industry, the casinos, the, the attractions that we have, the restaurants, we're all vying for someone's attention. And so these combination of neon uh, lights added to flashing light bulbs, added to you know these, these glimmering kind of stars and shines, these, this is what sort of attracts the person to come in off the street and check out this location versus the location next door. So the signage is, is critical in a town like Las Vegas. I mean, it's what's going to bring someone in. You know, in the 30s, we were dealing with prohibition at that point. The oldest sign we have in our collection is one from the, the Green Shack, and it is a, a, a restaurant. Um, we know that it's from the 30s, but we know it's also from after prohibition because they're promoting cocktails. You know, Las Vegas sort of bloomed from people coming from the West Coast, Las Vegas, or from Los Angeles, coming through town. And so the city sort of developed as a result of that, of trying to get people off the road and have a chance to come and spend the night, to take advantage of all the things that are offered. But it was also a place as the Hoover Dam was being built. It was also a place where people would come to see the Hoover Dam, to see this architectural marvel. There were, of course, need for the, the workers who were working at the dam to have places to go and enjoy after an incredible long day of work. So the Green Shack is a great example of that. We have over 850 signs in our permanent collection. On display we have about 250 signs that are out in, in the actual boneyard or in the North Gallery. And then at night we illuminate about two dozen signs. The reason that we illuminate just that 24 or so is because A, if we were to illuminate everything, you would get a really great sunburn. B, you would sort of 
get lost and you wouldn't be able to really appreciate any one sign in particular. So newest acquisition that's just come in, we've just accepted the Planet Hollywood sign. So this is an incredibly iconic globe that is 25 feet across, weighs somewhere in the range of about 13,000 pounds. It opened in 94 outside uh, Caesar's Palace on the Strip. And when the opening took place, there were 10,000 people in stadium seats outside to watch the stars arrive for the opening of this restaurant. So including, and it wasn't just stars, I mean, George and Barbara Bush came to the opening of this, of the restaurant. The signs are, again, they're a catalyst, right? They're, they're what starts the conversation. What excites me is when people tell me about staying at the Moulin Rouge or their experience, you know, if they were one of the 10,000 standing outside waiting to see the next celebrity at Planet Hollywood. So those types of things, those stories we love to collect as well. So we do programs certainly that are educational by nature. We want people to come in and learn a lot more um, and take a deeper dive into some of our stories but we do weddings, we do album covers, photo shoots for everything from TV shows to the cover of magazines. So it is, there is no place truly on earth like the Neon Museum. It's a great way to, to just, I don't know, immerse yourself in Las Vegas's heyday. And a special thanks to Faith and Madison for their work on the storytelling. And a special thanks also to Aaron Berger, executive director of the Neon Museum in Las Vegas. Go to neonmuseum.org to learn more. And the next time I'm in Vegas, I'll make sure to stop by. Same with you the next time you're visiting the great town and city of Las Vegas. By all means, pay a visit. The story of the Neon Museum, here on Our American Stories. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough 
introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.